you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Bo Brack and I'm your boy Q. And Bo, we're back again for week two. How you feeling? Uh, it was great to have football back. Yeah, it might have been a lopsided affair, a little anticlimactic after the offseason that was, but the champs showed they were the champs. It was kind of fun to watch him flex to open up the season last night. Well, I'll tell you right now, man, just seeing NFL action back on the TV and actually having a game to talk about, I don't care if it was anticlimactic or not. It was greatness in my book just because it was NFL action. So uh, uh, happy to be back with you on a Friday talking about, you know, talking about some football action here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And today's Locked On NFL podcast is being brought to you by NFL Game Pass this season. Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action for from every game with full game replays. You could also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass where football never stops. It will tell you much, much more about that coming up later on in the show. But, Bo, before we really get into the show, uh, me and you talked a little bit before the show, and today is September 11th. And before we really go any further, man, we have to recognize uh, the activities and everything that happened to this great country on 9-11 back in 2001. So sometimes, my man, it's just it's just a little bit deeper than sports, right? Absolutely. No, it's important to uh, pay tribute to all those we lost on that day, September 11th, 2001. I mean, I remember it was the Tuesday morning after Monday Night Football. Right. Was it Broncos, Dolphins, and then next thing you know, just uh, just terrible tragedies ensued. And uh, I think it's it's a the least we could do here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Yeah, no doubt. It's one of those days that you'll always remember. As long as you were alive, you'll remember exactly where you were, uh, what was going through your mind, what was going on in, in the minds of the people around you. It's just one of those days that you honestly can never, ever forget. And uh, so we don't ever want to forget around here. So just wanted to go ahead and give that few seconds of silence before we get into today's episode. And coming up on today's episode in segment number three, uh, Chad Millman from the Action Network. He'll be talking uh, about how to get your money on. And what do I mean by that? The spreads, the lines, everyone who likes to dibble and dabble in the desert. And as the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, and they are now in Las Vegas, I should really get uh, adapted to talking about some lines and some gambling. But uh, Bo will be talking a little bit of uh, a lines and get some money with uh, Chad Millman from the Action Network coming up in segment three. Yeah, I can't wait to have that edge talking to Chad every Friday here on the podcast and then going into the weekend and having him as my little ace up my sleeve (laughs) on who to throw some cash down on on Sunday. I'll tell you one question that I got to ask him in segment number three is I don't understand why the Raiders are only three point favorites over the Carolina Panthers that have so much newness coming into this year. So make sure that I remember if I start to forget, you don't you remind me. (laughs) <laughs> remind me I to ask you I, I don't think you're going to forget that <laughs> the team that just tore down everything and is trying to rebuild it from the ground up somehow is only three point dogs I mean Carolina's hosting that game but I'll, I'll absolutely remind you if you slip up <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. In segment number two, we're going to come with something that we like to call the six pack. And Bo, you want to explain what the six pack is? Yeah, you and I are going to pick three games each, a couple games that we're going to be eyeing each and every Sunday. And we're going to break those down, who we like, why those games are of interest to us. And it's going to be three games from me. It's going to be three games from your boy Q. And uh, we're going to tell you why you need to be tuning in and paying special attention to those contests this upcoming Sunday. Exactly. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think that that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, right here in segment number one, Bo, we've got to talk about what you just mentioned a little bit earlier to start the whole show off. A little anticlimactic for the game that was played Thursday night between the Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. 34-20 victory. Kansas City keeps doing what Kansas City does. And uh, first and foremost, man, what really stood out to you about this game? Yeah, the champs flexed, man. They picked up absolutely where they left off. What were they down? 24-0 in the divisional round to the Houston Texans. Uh, they were down 7-0 in this game. And then they go up on a 31-0 run and just run away with the season kickoff for the 2020 NFL season. There wasn't big, gaudy numbers from this Kansas City Chiefs offense, but next thing you know, you're watching late in the fourth quarter and Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels are telling you that it was their first three and out and it was five minutes left in the contest. This offense was efficient. Patrick Mahomes spread the ball around. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie running back at LSU. I mean, he looked great for them. He's the truth. 138 yards on the ground, 25 carries, and found pay dirt in his first NFL contest. Uh, he looked great. And just as, as the Chiefs look good cue, the Texans, they've got a lot of questions as they kicked off their season today. A lot of questions, even more so than they had going into this game. Well, I'll say one of the biggest questions is, where is their number one wide receiver? You know, they don't have one. They traded DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona, and they decided they were going to go by uh, wide receiver by committee, and I've never felt like that works for anybody outside of the Patriots. And I know Bill O'Brien is a Patriot uh, disciple. I know that he was there in the New England organization, but that doesn't work for everybody. And really, um, I, I know the concept sounds good on paper, but my grandmother used to tell me just because it sounds good and feels good don't mean it is good. You know what I mean? It just It's one of those situations where I just don't think that this is going to be a really good idea. I think Deshaun Watson's much more comfortable having a go-to guy. And, uh, you know, he, not that he's going to limit himself and just throw it to one dude, but just knowing he has that guy that can come up clutch and come up money and uh, get off the line of scrimmage and get open at a, you know, as soon as, as soon as the ball is snapped, that's a comforting feeling. And I just didn't see it. And I know it's only week one. I didn't see it from the Texans. Um, they, they look like really a shell of themselves. I think it's going to be, if this continues up for Houston, probably a long season to say the truth, to say the, to say the least. Yeah. I th- unfortunately, I think you're right. I mean, you look at this Houston Texans team and dropping an 0 and one, you saw a bunch of the same issues that they've seen the last couple of years with their offensive line, protecting Deshaun Watson, yep. all those same problems, but without their all pro wide out to bail them out, there's no safety blanket any longer for Deshaun Watson uh, sure, the numbers look good for a guy like Will Fuller. Eight catches, 112 yards. But, you know, when Deshaun Watson was under duress, he didn't have that safety valve where right. number 10, Luke Hopkins, was going to bail him out. He wasn't going to be – there's nobody that's getting open as quick as Nook does in his elite route running skills. And that's that showed up in a big way 
on Thursday Night Football. Randall Cobb's on the side of a milk carton. And he was supposed <laughs> to be one of those guys that was supposed to supplement this yep. wide receiver core. And I don't even think his name was called once in that contest. No, I think it finally got called, but it was very, very late. I think it was like 55 minutes into the game. Finally, a ball went his direction. So, yeah, in garbage time, uh, when the Texans did most of their damage, you know, was when Randall Cobb's name finally got called. And, you know, you brought up a good point earlier. You were talking about uh, r- rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And that dude, man, I always said that the Chiefs, if they had one weakness in their game, and I know that sounds stupid to put in the same sentence with the Chiefs and their offense, their weakness was, in my opinion, a lack of a real threat at the running back position. This dude is exactly that, a real threat at the running back position. He can catch, he can run. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be a problem for opposing defenses, and he just made that Chiefs uh, offense that much more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, just to have the ability for a guy to run between the tackles, but also do all the things that they've had success doing the last couple of seasons, whether it was Kareem Hunt or whether it was Damian Williams. I mean, they saw that, especially with fresh legs in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it, it's even scarier this offense is for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, man, I mean, the, it, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, it, it, you've got uh, Demarcus Robinson who had a big touchdown that was waved off early in the contest. I mean, it's just scary that the uh, the rich got richer in this offseason. Andy Reid continues to dial up all the right uh, offseason moves and surrounds his half a billion dollar quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, with all the weapons necessary to uh, to continue to play at the elite level that he's playing at. Right. So uh, for everybody who went into the regular season and, and went into this 2020 season saying the Chiefs were the favorite to win the AFC West and and probably the AFC as well and, and have another opportunity to get back to the Super Bowl. Well, they started out their journey right, uh, getting off to a, a good win over Houston. And, and really, it was no mistake about it. I mean, I could have told you at the end of the third quarter that the game was over. actually I could have told you at halftime the game was over. Matter of fact, and, and I'll wrap up with this. I knew it was over when the Texans tried to kick a field goal right before halftime and they missed and they gave Patrick Mahomes a little bit of time and really good field position and the Chiefs ended up only turning that into three points but I thought that's all they're going to need and then they got the ball back in the second half and they went down and scored again and I said well that's church even though I watched the rest of the game but it was right there that was the moment that I knew it was a wrap and so uh, the Chiefs got off to a 1-0 start and the Houston Texans dropped to 0-1 on the season. I will say this about Houston, though. I mean, they it seems like they have a lead back. I know that Steve Kime, the Arizona Cardinals general manager, might want to send the text to Bill O'Brien, no take backsies on the DeAndre Hopkins deal. But uh, I, I tell you what, for the first time in a long time, David Johnson looked like he could be, you know, a lead back yeah. in an NFL offense. I mean, he goes for 19 yards and a score. That's his longest rush in what they said, what, four seasons on the broadcast. Right. Uh, he, he looked fresh. He looked like a guy that could run between the tackles and be, you know, a, a really solid running back for the Texans. But, man, I mean, that's the only real good takeaway for the Texans in game one. They've got the Ravens in week two and Lamar Jackson. It doesn't get any easier. Pittsburgh and the Vikings after that. Well, you know, it's. It's tough sledding already for Houston. Yeah, no, it really is. And David Johnson's a guy you like to root for anyway. So I was happy to see him play well and look good. It had been a long, first time in a long time. But uh, if that's all they got, man, it's going to be a long season for David Johnson and the Houston Texans. So that's going to do it uh, for our recap of the Chiefs and the Texans. Uh, first game of the season, Thursday night football. The Chiefs again come away with the victory, 34-20. And I don't even think it was that close. But uh, coming up in segment number two, some games that we're excited about. We're going to hit you side 
excited about. We're going to hit you with the six-pack. Three games from me, three games from Bo, and you'll hear that next here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about NFL Game Pass because this season you can get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Relive all the gutsy calls, all the crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from each and every game, each and every week. It's all the action, all the football, and it's all in one place. NFL Game Pass, the only place you can replay games all season long. You'll also learn... We always like to learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. You can go inside the player's brain and hear their perspective as they break down the game. We mentioned Deshaun Watson. He played Thursday night. Yeah, he's there. He'll break it down for you. Stephon Gilmore, stud defensive player. He'll break it down. Devontae Adams, heck of a wide receiver, and many, many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. All you've got to do right now is go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial Today, NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Let me tell you about a little secret weapon. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets a little chaotic. CBD freezes with menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints, an inconvenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier, try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your purchase of a superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. There's a new sheriff in town. Is it Joe Judge for the New York Giants? Did you see that he uh, he went high school coach and restarted the team's practice after he didn't like their effort? It's going to be interesting to see how that first-year head coach plays out in the big, big Apple. Is it part of our six-pack of picks? You have to stick around to find out. It's the new Locked On NFL Fridays. Your boy Q. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Coming up in a few minutes as well, our guy Chad Millman from the Action Network joins us. He's going to give us the lowdown and all the spreads, where all the smart money should go if you want to make some bets in week one of the NFL season. But I want to get into this. We're going to do this every Friday. We're going to get into our six packs of picks. And that's where you and I, we fire off three games apiece, six games total about games that everybody needs to know about going into the weekend. Yeah, buddy. So I guess I'll go ahead and start things off because, well, there's a lot of, uh, in my opinion, a lot of good games coming up this weekend. So we didn't want to go through all of them, but let's go ahead and, and go through our six pack. Uh, the first one of my three. How about this one? Miami versus New England in New England in Foxborough. New England is not the same team that they were. Tom Brady is now in Tampa Bay. Sure, we'll get to him at some point in this segment, but 
Now Cam Newton is the guy. He's a starting quarterback. Uh, he's there on very minimal money. He was the last of the Mohicans as far as the free agent quarterbacks uh, signed. Uh, is Bill Belichick a genius, and can he make Cam Newton look like the 2015 Cam Newton or, or at least something close to it? That's a huge question, obviously. How well is this Brian Flores team going to play once they got all the free agents that they brought in? They got two of the highest-paid defensive backs in the league. Uh, Brian Flores... He stumbled himself into five wins last season, even when it looked like they were trying to tank for Tua, but they still end up getting their guys. So I'll ask you, Bo, you know, what are your thoughts on Miami and New England and uh, who do you think comes out with the victory and why? Yeah, I'm really curious about Captain Cam and how is he healthy? Is he going to be at 100 percent? He said he's a thousand percent excited about going into this contest. And you like to see, a, you know, a, a focused Cam Newton. And we've, we've seen what that looks like. If he's healthy, that's going to look even more dangerous for this New England Patriots team. And you're right. It's one of those things where we're going to get our first look at who was really the, the guy that drove all those championships in Foxborough. Was it Bill Belichick, the evil genius, or was it Tom Brady? We'll see about that. But uh, we know they've got a good defense. Does Cam Newton have the playmakers around him to get enough done on offense, an offense that struggled mightily at the end of last season? Nikhil Harry, second-year wide receiver, is he going to be a guy that takes a big step in year two? Julian Edelman, can he do the same things that he was able to do with Tom Brady? So many question marks. Uh, we're going to finally start to get answers in week one in the NFL season. And Look, I, th- there's one thing about Miami. They're still trying to accumulate enough talent to contend at the NFL level and in a very talented AFC East. But the one thing that stands true with them under Brian, Brian Flores is they play hard Yep. and they upset new England last year, which didn't seem like it was a big deal, but it kept new England from having that, uh, that buy in the postseason, And, uh, it, it ended up being the demise of the Tom Brady era in Foxborough. So yep. we'll see if the Patriots have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder going into the season opener. Well, I'll tell you right now, I think that Miami is going to call it two in a row against New England. I think that they pull off the upset again. I really do. Yeah, you know what? I can't go against the evil genius that is Bill Belichick. <laughs> I'm actually a believer. I'm a Cam Newton truther. I actually think that it's going to work out pretty well, especially in the beginning of the season. It's going to be a happy honeymoon going on between before this marriage really settles in between Cam and Belichick. I think the Patriots roll in this one. Speaking of which, Q... One of my first picks of the six-pack, the GOAT, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, making their debut for the Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. How's Tom Terrific going to look? Is he going to be the GOAT, or is he going to look like a 43-year-old dude? Can Tampa Bay make a statement in week one against the reigning NFC South champs and the New Orleans Saints? And Drew Brees, is he's old, too. Right. Is he going to take advantage of that borrowed time he was just talking about a couple days ago, or is he had a couple, uh, you know, miss? He didn't have that. He didn't have that breeze season that we were used to last year. He had some moments, but you know, is is Drew Brees going to be the guy that we've? really come to know. It's going to be a huge game right out of the gates in the NFC South. It really is, but uh, it's going to be father time versus father time. I don't think Tom Brady is going to be uh, the dude that everyone expects him to be in, uh, in in Tampa Bay. I know he's with Bruce Arians and he is a quarterback whisperer, so if anyone can pump a couple more years into his uh, his career, I could see it being Bruce Arians, but I think for this game, being the first one out the gates, uh, New Orleans has to be the favorite just because, well, they got the continuity. Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been together for many, many moons, so I, I 
think that uh, New Orleans is going to be able to use some new weapons like Emmanuel Sanders to go along with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. So I just think New Orleans is going to find a way to get this W, and, and Tampa Bay is going to still be trying to figure things out. Q, quarterbacks in their first year under Bruce Arians are notorious for struggling. I mean, we saw our first 30-30 quarterback in the NFL history last year and with famous Jameis, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. True. Carson Palmer, a guy who played the position at a high level, threw 22 picks. So if you're looking at the last two quarterbacks that started under Bruce Arians, that's, what, 52 picks in <laughs> two seasons of football? That's a lot of turning the football over, but we know that Tom – does take care of the football. But, you know, why did Bruce Arians, why did he get let go in Pittsburgh? Because they didn't want Ben Roethlisberger to take those big, long drops and get hit as much. We'll see how Brady acclimates to B.A.'s offense. That's going to be a big question. I, I, th- I got to go with the New Orleans Saints. I think they're a pretty complete football team. I know that there's the question marks. I like the leadership they added in Malcolm Jenkins, the defensive secondary. Uh, I like what they're doing as far as up front. Their front seven is scary uh, with Davenport and Cam Jordan. I just think that they can do it on both sides of the football. Actually, all three sides of the football, uh, we, including special teams. I like the New Orleans Saints to continue their run in the NFC South. Sounds good. Sounds good. We're in agreement on that game right there. Here's one for you that I think is a sexy one for Sunday that could be a a preview of what the division race may look like. How about the Packers and Vikings? Two division rivals. NFC North looks like a very competitive division. I don't know what the Bears are going to look like this year. Don't know about their quarterback position, but I'll tell you, man, Packers and Vikings. Daniil Hunter is out for the first at least three games for the Vikings. That's a big hit, but they just brought in Unique Ngakwe, so maybe he can help out with that pass rush for Minnesota. They always have a really good defense. Mike Zimmer does a good job there. And then you're going against a guy who's going to walk into Canton the minute that he's ready to, and Aaron Rodgers, who's coming off a 13-3 and season. But I will say when it comes comes to the Packers the one thing I don't like is the way that Aaron Rodgers was treated in the draft and I think that them not going out and getting a big time weapon for him and instead going and getting his replacement uh in in a draft that was very deep with wide receivers I just thought that that was disrespectful so uh I think this is going to be a tough game I think it's going to go down to the wire but ultimately I feel like uh the defense of Minnesota is going to come out on top in this one what about you yeah, I think you're right. I like Minnesota at home in this contest. You know, there wasn't a lot done in Green Bay for that offense. And, uh, you know, it, the, the good news is this is going to be uh, an afternoon game, early afternoon game. It's not a primetime game. So, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to show up. It, it, as long as it's not Monday night football or <laughs> Sunday night football, you know, good Kirk shows up for the right. Vikings. Or, you know, I think that that bodes well from them. We'll see what they do. Are they going to continue to put the mileage on Dalvin Cook, a guy who's looking for a new contract? He's part of that uh, really strong running back class from 2017. But they, I mean, that was that was their offense at the beginning of last season. We'll see if they come out of the gates similar. And are they going to miss a guy like Stefan Diggs, who they traded away to Buffalo in the offseason? I think they have enough weapons still uh, there for Kirk Cousins to be successful with that passing attack. Adam Thielen looks like he's healthy and ready to go. I like the bikes. So what's the next game you have in the six-pack? I want to see the Heisman Trophy college football playoff champion, number one overall selection, Joe Burrow, going up against the tough Los Angeles Chargers defense in his debut for the Bengals. What's he going to be able to do? Can he change around the fortunes in Cincy in Zach Taylor's second season? He's got the steady running back in Joe Mixon, who just got extended the big four-year deal. What was it? Upwards of forty million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Intriguing outside weapons. Q. He's got Tyler Board, AJ Green, John Ross, T. Higgins. They added from Clemson. And the good news is, at least for the Bengals, is no Derwin James for the Bolts. It's bad news for NFL fans like you and I. 
uh, James is just an absolute beast. But yeah. uh, it's this is an intriguing matchup. I, 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 you know, I think Joe Burrow could, you know, show some success in here. But that's it's gonna it's a tough matchup for him right out of the gates. Uh, Chargers, of course, the Hard Knocks team kind of been following them in the last couple of weeks. Anthony Lynn's got that squad ready to go. To Rod Taylor, can he prove that he was? you know, cast aside way too many times and should have gotten that starting opportunity. Can he be that starting quarterback for the Chargers? You know, I don't believe in Taylor at all. I really don't. Uh, I, I just, you know, I think he is what he is. He's a journeyman. Uh, you know, he's he's capable. He's, uh, you know, he's serviceable, but he's nothing special. Uh, that's the reason why he's been at uh, multiple teams now and just kind of, you know, been not in case of emergency guy, but he's just been there. He's just okay. But I don't trust Joe Burrow, and I, I really don't trust Zach Taylor. Uh, there are some good players there in Cincinnati, like you mentioned, but I think Joe Burrow's going to struggle mightily his first year. So I think that the defense alone of the Chargers will come out with that victory. What are your thoughts? Who wins the game, Chargers or Bengals? Yeah, I mean, guys like Joey Bosa are just going to be too much for a guy like uh, for Joe Burrow yep. trying to diagnose NFL defenses for the first time. And, and I think you're right. Look, Zach Taylor, his big claim to fame was he knew Sean McVay. That's how he got his exactly. head coaching job when he was the trendy name. So, yeah, I think this is the Chargers game. Uh, it'd be tough for them to lose it. This, and, I, and I think I agree with a lot of the things you said about Terod Taylor. But, you know, what do they say? I mean, Terod Taylor could be the, the essential backup quarterback in this league. And they say he can win you three games. He can lose you three games. I think he wins this one. Yeah, I agree with that one 100%. And my final game for the six-pack, Seattle takes a trip to the ATL and visit the Falcons. Uh, this one I, I found to be a, a difficult game. It's a sexy game, kind of. Uh, I like the Seahawks a lot. I love what Russell Wilson brings to the table. Atlanta, you know, there's a lot of question marks around them. They got a, a, a lot of guys coming back from uh, injury last season. Dan Quinn's on the hot seat. He's got to win. He's got to win. He's got to win some more games. Is he going to be able to do that? I think it's going to look good at first. I think that Matt Ryan and company is going to keep Keep the game close early. I just kind of feel like later on, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks just start to pull away with a victory. Yeah, and I think unfortunately for both of these teams, those are the calling cards, right? It's Russell Wilson making the big plays late in the game, and it's the Falcons kind of folding yeah. late in the game as they've done the last couple of seasons. And unfortunately, I think that's going to de- be the demise of Dan Quinn uh, at the end of the day or at the end of the at the end of the year, we've just been waiting for this same group of Falcons players to to turn it around and they have it. And I think this might be their last ride together. You know, the, the group of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, um, it, it just it's, it hasn't been it hasn't been working for whatever reason. There's enough talent, you would think, in Atlanta to get it done. They just they for whatever reason, something happens in the each and every week where they fall short, you know, whether it's a missed field goal at the end or, uh, you know, a, a back-breaking score, they can't get it done. I, I think that Danger Russ and the Seahawks team goes in there and goes into Atlanta and, and gets it done despite, you know, not doing too much this offseason to help a team that won 11 games the previous season. Right, I agree. So you got one more game in your six-pack. And I think I've got the one game we're going to disagree on here, Q. It's the uh, Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. That's we, right. That's the that's the name. That's you better name. not disagree on this one. The Washington football team's used to playing in empty stadiums. They've been doing it before. It was a trendy thing to do. But uh, Philly snuck into the postseason in 2019, Q, and they're already filling up the injury report. Alshon Jeffrey, Derek Barnett, Lane Johnson, Miles Sander, rookie wide receiver Jalen Regar, battling a shoulder injury. He looks like he's good to go. Washington's got a scary front seven. And, you know, you've got like a thousand first round picks up front, including Chase Young, who's going to be an absolute beast coming out of Ohio State. Second overall pick in the NFL draft. 
And the football team, if they can muster any offense from their second over or their second year quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, I think Philly could lose. And they're looking already at a tough stretch early in this season. You know, you got the Rams after that, you got the Niners, the Steelers, Ravens, and four out of their next five contests. I think this is already kind of a must win for Philadelphia. And with that pressure, I don't I, I think it it's Washington could steal this one. Okay, well, Philadelphia might lose all those games that you mentioned. (laughs) All those games you mentioned coming up, they might lose them. And I'll agree with you 100% on that. I don't think that Washington's got uh, any kind of chance to steal this game. I just think that they're a team in disarray. Uh, They don't even know what their team is. Uh, Their owner is under all kind of investigation. There's just way too much going on to be able to focus on football. Uh, And and Ron Rivera, I respect him a lot. Jack Del Rio, I like him as a defensive coordinator. The players that you mentioned in the front seven, you're absolutely right about. I just don't know how good of a job those guys have done of keeping these guys focused on the task at hand, which is football, and not everything swirling around that team. It is an absolute dumpster fire. So I don't think that they have a chance to win this game. Philly takes this one. So you're saying Philly rolls in the season opener, start 1-0, and and that certainly helped them as they try to repeat as the team to beat in the NFC East. But we got to see which games Chad Millman of the Action Network likes as far as the spreads, the favorites, the dogs. He's going to tell us it's all coming up, Locked on NFL. Locked on NFL Fridays with Bo and Q. This season, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay the entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. One game on the books with a full slate of games on Sunday. It's time to up the stakes for the 2020 NFL season Q. Our guy, Chad Millman from the Action Network joins us. He's going to do this every Friday to make us some cold, hard cash. Give Chad a follow on Twitter at Chad Millman. Check out his podcast, The Favorites, for more insight into the NFL Week 1 action. Chad, a game that has you and I excited is the reigning NFC champion 49ers hosting the new-look Arizona Cardinals. And this is why I'm kind of on this game. San Fran favored by seven, despite not exactly being at full strength on offense and this Cardinals with a whole bunch of new firepower. Yeah, I love the Cardinals in this game. Uh, I think it's a great spot for them. And it's sort of the perfect example of what happens with the public piling on to one side, right? Because you've got a team in the Cardinals that is historically bad, did not make the playoffs, did not show particularly well in the box scores last year, unless you happen to watch their games and see how Kyler Murray kept them in games with very little talent around him. Meanwhile, you've got the Niners who went to the Super Bowl and have this awesome defense and everyone is where they are. So the bookmakers are automatically going to shade the number in the Niners direction, which to me leaves a massive opportunity for the Cardinals. So I'm with you. I love the Cardinals. I love Kyler Murray in this spot. Obviously, they've upgraded a receiver uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a really good opportunity for them. You know, one game that really intrigues me is uh, the Rams and the Cowboys. They're in uh, L.A. They're going to be opening up SoFi Stadium, obviously, with no fans. But the Rams are plus three. Uh, well, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, and can someone really make some good money on that game? This one makes no sense to me, man. <laughs> like, I, I look at this and I'm like, how are the Cowboys road favorites against the Rams. And I know the Rams are, you know, two years now removed from the Super Bowl. And I know that the Cowboys are the most popular team in the NFL. And and 
what normally happens with this is like there are public teams, right? And public teams are the ones that bookmakers know are going to get all the money. And so it's the Cowboys, it's the Packers, it's the Patriots, it's the Steelers, it's the Bears. Uh, and then it's like teams that come in and out, like the Niners are now one of those teams, right? And the Seahawks are now one of those teams. And so to me, this is all about the bookmakers believing the public is going to come in in a late game and pile on the Cowboys. And they're already trying to hedge against having too much money. And so they're willing to take money on the Rams. So the Rams are also like one of the games, along with the Cardinals, like you guys have nailed two of the five games that I like the most. <laughs> Chad Millman, of course, the Action Network, the favorites of the podcast. Make sure to give it a listen with your NFL Week 1 gambling action. And i got to ask you, you've got a couple dogs there that you liked. Which favorites are you eyeing in the opening weekend? All right, so I am normally a guy who does not like to bet favorites at all and normally a guy who does not like to bet big favorites. But I have tried the last couple of years on the favorites podcast that I do, I do it with a, a professional better named Simon Hunter, who does this at very, very large scale, making a tremendous amount of money and betting a tremendous amount of money. And he has sort of opened my eyes and tried to make me rethink like being too dogmatic about certain principles and certain rules, right? And so a game that we discussed the other day is on the podcast is the Ravens minus eight over the Browns in a million years. If he had not said to me, take the Ravens minus eight over the Browns, I never would have considered it because I'd be thinking, all right, the, the Browns have a new coach. They have renewed vigor from their number one uh, overall quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And like the Ravens, like they just got rid of their safety in Earl Thomas. You don't know what you're going to get, but the truth is the Ravens are one of the two best teams in the NFL and the Browns, are not. And so you're getting like an incredibly well-coached team. You're getting them like in a really good spot with a reigning MVP against a team that is full of question marks that hasn't really had the opportunity to practice and mesh in any way. So I am all going to be all over the Ravens at minus eight uh, this weekend. And I will give you one more if you want to get one more of a, of a favorite side. Of course. All right. So, and this is like, this is so outside my comfort zone <laughs> that I'm I, like, I I, it. it's like I might as well be walking through the universe in the middle of a pandemic and not wearing a mask. This Ooh. is how uncomfortable it is for me. Okay. Wow. I hate betting road favorites of any kind. I hate betting big road favorites of any kind, but I'm all in on the Steelers at the Giants this weekend. Um, this line, and then by the way, I'm not alone. Professional bettors have been hammering the Steelers in this game. This game opened at three and a half. Uh, Steelers were three and a half point favorites. They're now close to six point favorites at a lot of sports books. I also have the Steelers at uh, four, almost five to one to win the AFC North. And I also have them at 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. To me, they're one of those teams that is just super sneaky. And if the AFC wasn't so top heavy, with the Chiefs and the Ravens, like everybody would be all over the Steelers because their defense is sound. Mike Tomlin's an incredible coach who did something with almost nothing last year. Forget about Le'Veon Bell. Forget about Antonio Brown being gone. Not having Ben Roethlisberger, going with quarterbacks like Duck Hodges, and he made that team competitive. With real weapons back in his quarterback, uh, back behind center, 
that is a team that that I think will start to scare people, and I want to get on them early. Chad, I got to ask you this question as the daily host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, a lot of people have been hitting me up and saying, how in the world are the Raiders only three-point favorites going into Carolina with brand-new everything, including a brand-new head coach there in Carolina? Can you explain to me why the Raiders, even though they are a road team, only are three-point favorites? I can't even explain to you why the Raiders are favorites at all, to be honest. <laughs> Ouch! But they're, they're not a very good football team. They haven't proven to be a very good football team. They're going on the road. And to be honest, while the while the Panthers have a new coach, uh, they've got two really important weapons. One, Christian McCaffrey, who might be one of the top three all-around players in the NFL. Two, Teddy Bridgewater, who, when he was on Minnesota, that was a Super Bowl-caliber team. He gets hurt. He's out for a couple of years. I see your face. I see you, like, <laughs> questioning what I'm saying. Teddy Bridgewater goes to the Saints. He goes to the Saints. And in a completely new position as a backup quarterback to Drew Brees, takes that offense and does something entirely different than, with that offense than Drew Brees was doing, right? So now he's getting a new free agent uh, contract with the Panthers. Right. And the one thing you got to know about Teddy Bridgewater, he covers, man. He just covers. They might as well call him Teddy Covers because that's what he does. And it's just not like the Raiders – Everything I said about the Steelers and betting road favorites applies to the Steelers because they're a good team. The Raiders are a bad team. I, I will I will never break my rules enough that I will go bet a bad team as a road favorite. Fair enough. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm looking forward to this segment every week, Chad. But I'm going to give you a near <laughs> impossible task before you let before we let you get out of here. And of course, betting spices up each and every game. Here's the impossible task. You ready? Yep. Give me a reason to watch the Jacksonville Indianapolis Colts because everybody's saying that Jacksonville's going to tank. They're they're tanking for Trevor. Spice up that matchup for me. I love Jacksonville in this spot. If you if, if you have hit all the games that I like the most, I will tell you right now: Jacksonville. I love them at plus eight. The Ravens at minus eight. The Steelers at minus six. The Rams at plus three. The Cardinals plus seven. Uh, I'm telling you, those are the games I'm going to play pretty hard this weekend. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Phillip Rivers, that's not a very good team. That's not a very good quarterback. He was a bad quarterback last year. This year, he is older. This is a team going on the road, playing in 95-degree heat in September with a training camp that wasn't really a training camp. I don't care how many players the Jaguars have given away. You go on the road as an eight-point favorite, that is like going on the road as a 25-point favorite in college football. It is a very, very, very hard thing to cover in that scenario. And again, it's like what I said at the beginning of the interview. Think about how the bookmakers are shading it. They're begging you to bet the Jaguars. They know the money is going to come in on the Colts. So take the discount that they're giving you and take the Jaguars. That's how you spice it up, though. That's awesome, man. That's, that's really good stuff. I love I love the little touch of, I can see your face. <laughs> that was Next great. Next time I'll go on video so you can see mine. You can see how I'm responding to you shaking your head. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to drop serious information to make your life better. Let's make some money this weekend. At Chad Millman on Twitter, of course, from the Action Network. And you're following, checking out his podcast, The Favorites. For more insight on the NFL Week 1, your boy Q, Bo Brock, that's going to wrap things up for us this week. It's so exciting that we're nearly on a full slate of Sunday football. It's just hours away now. Uh, Make sure you're tuning in to Peter Bukowski for all 
the recaps on Monday morning right here on Locked On NFL. In the meantime, give us a follow on Twitter, your boy Q254, and me, Bob Rack. You have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the games. Absolutely. You enjoy the games as well. I'll be hitting you up throughout them. And uh, Chad better hope that the Raiders don't uh, don't blow out the, the Carolina Panthers because if they do, I'm going to get on them tough next week when we talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it.